Welcome to Battle Ready. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin McManus. Well, it's clear that it's been a while because you didn't say that this is the Battle Ready podcast. This is the Battle Ready podcast. <laughs> and you've lost your touch in just a few days. In just a few days. Well, we just got back from New York City, and so we were going to... We were going to bring the team to New York and do it and do a podcast there, but we were quite busy, so we didn't, yeah. we weren't able to bring them out. So we're back in L.A. We just got here. We're filming one right now. This is Friday. This is going quick, and we're going to do... We're gonna we're gonna do it right now. All right. So to all of our loyal Battle Ready podcast followers, we're yes. here for you. And we're here for those of you who are complaining. Thank you for complaining. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I rushed over here. Yes. And we're getting we're gonna do a couple of um, shorter uh, episodes. Kind of like yeah yeah you know, shots. There's gonna be gonna be these short shots of uh, shots of, uh, of espresso <laughs> podcast. That's, that's, I need that's, it. That's, lang- that's inappropriate <laughs> language because you you don't drink at all. So. Well, I was gonna say Red Bull, but I didn't want to like be uh, well, yeah, a they sponsor. Don't, they don't sponsor. They don't sponsor us. us so and we're. We're a, like I've been really thinking about this because Red Bull is you know they're a big sponsor in F1 Formula One mm-hmm. and I love Formula One it's like become kind of my thing that I've gone into in the last like year and a half during COVID I'm I don't know what team I am anymore because I'm always <laughs> like I love I'm not a guy who's like super loyal to a certain team mm-hmm. I'm like a guy who gets super loyal to to like a certain player so you're loyal to Lewis Hamilton yes. I love Lewis Hamilton, so, and I love Toto Wolf, the pr- team principal of the of the. Of but if they, if they part ways, what are you going to do? I'd probably go with Lewis Hamilton, but then I love McLaren, mm-hmm. and I didn't love McLaren before, and I love McLaren now. But, but is, I, it, is it is it the driver? Is it the 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 organization, or is it the culture that's actually the most important for success? Well, this is interesting because I rewatched the series Drive to Survive last mm-hmm. week because, you know, not like I have much time, but at night, like I'll work on it. We're working mm-hmm. on computers and just kind of throw it on. And Toto says this thing, we never blame the person, we blame the problem. Mm. And he goes, it becomes really frustrating though when you know who did did something <laughs> wrong <laughs> or if you're the person. He goes, because it's our culture, we never blame the person, we blame the problem. We always try to find the problem in the situation and then address that. I love that. Isn't it easier though to blame the person? So much easier. I would love, I just always So I would like for that. us to apply that to our culture we, more and more every day. Every day. Because I'm a person that definitely you blames, blames, I, I you blame, blame the problem. problem. Yeah. And others that will go nameless sometimes blame the people more me? than the problem. Me? You said me? <laughs> well, oftentimes I am the problem, so it's about identifying and owning that I am the problem and I've got to adjust. But I do I do think it's important to identify the the person and the problem and then helping that person be be well equipped. Because mm-hmm. like from a leadership perspective, right. you kind of do need to know what went wrong mm-hmm. and who kind of was closely affiliated with the situation. Right. So you can either help them have a conversation mm-hmm. and equip them in a in a in a in a better way. Or maybe they're just undermanned and you need to like help build their team out or XYZ. So what do you think about that? Well I think taking responsibility is one of the most powerful attributes of an effective leader. And so the more you're able to take responsibility when you see a problem and identify how you could make it better the stronger your organization is going to be. But there's like an in between. Do you feel like there's a like a, a healthy medium in that? Because you know I've worked with leaders who take all of the blame, mm-hmm. but then nothing gets better. Because it's it not, can't it's not, truly but, always be your just one but, person's but it's fault. It's not about the blame. It really is about the responsibility. Because look, what it, do you mean? D- uh, d- give us a differentiation of the blame versus the responsibility. Sure. Uh, let's say that um, something went wrong technically, 
Right. Obviously, I'm not a technical person, so I could easily say, well, that's not my responsibility. Right. But if I see that from a leadership perspective, I go, okay, did I properly have this person equipped to face this challenge? Right. Did I put the resources in to give them the right kind of equipment? Because sometimes right. someone can constantly be failing because you've not given them the resources for success. Yeah. Sometimes a person is failing all the time because you haven't placed them in the right role and they're right. trying to fulfill a role that they're not really equipped to fulfill or you or you just threw them in there and haven't trained them. So everywhere where you can identify yeah. how you could make them more successful, yeah. the better of a leader you are. So I, do I, I look at le- like, okay, I like to blame the person. <laughs> I'm one of those people because no, because, because I don't really care if you make the mistake. I care if you're in or not. Cause I, what I found is that like, if you were bought into the vision mm-hmm. and you are a, like a loyal member of a certain team and you care about it, you don't make as many mistakes. It doesn't mean you won't, you, it doesn't mean you'll be perfect, right? but there'll be functional mistakes. Like oh, I didn't know that. And now I know that. You don't so, make as many careless mistakes when you care. Right. The thing that bothers me are like are careless mistakes. Yeah, I think that's a that's a reflection of someone's buy-in. It's so, also a reflection of the culture. It's a reflection of the culture. Yeah. And so I want to know, like, if someone makes a mistake, but they're like, "Hey, I'm in this. Just what did I? What can I do better? And how can I do this better?" Yeah, there's no issue. Now, like recently, I, I was upset with someone because of, of, a, of a small thing, but I felt it was systemic. Was it me? No, it wasn't okay. you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> no. God. So I sent him One a text time. and I walked him through why. Um, their, their apology fell flat to me. Okay. I actually use that language, your apology. Because they said sorry. Yes. Okay. It falls flat because I'm not convinced that you will establish the patterns to change. Establishing the patterns to change. That, is this the title? And, and, I, and, I, and I told him, I said, I, I believe in your loyalty and your commitment and who you are as a person. What I need from you is the strategy you're going to implement to break this pattern in your leadership. And it was really good. He sent me a detailed step-by-step, this is why I keep making this mistake, and this is how I'm going to change it. Yeah. And then, and, and then he said, and this was the intangible variable that caused it this time. Yeah. And when I saw the intangible variable, I felt really sad, and I thought, if I had known that, I would have given him a lot more grace. What was the tangible variable? Um, there was someone who was profoundly sick in their uh, world. Uh, okay, okay. And, um, and, and so sometimes it's about communication. I would have been so much more adaptive in that moment if I yeah. had known that variable, but they didn't tell me. So like in a, in a situ- like I don't know what, well, yeah. I don't know the situation, no, so, but, but yeah. it, you know, I don't want to get too into it if, if it's too mm-hmm. personal, but like there, I think there's things people can learn from this because like oftentimes we want to be, we want to carry the load on our own. Yeah. And you, we were talking about this off, off, mm-hmm. off air and you said, I carry the burden. It's on me. Mm-hmm. And I was having a moment of respect, and I decided to save the, the maybe the disrespectful nature for the, for the podcast because I was like, no, it's not. If if you hire well and and we're equipped well and we are doing our jobs, the burden is should be lighter for you. You know what I mean? But but maybe that's just in theory. Yeah, no, I think it's true. When you the the more people have a buy in, the more people are carrying the weight of that burden, and right. the easier it is for you as a leader. The, the fewer people have buy-in, the more of the weight you carry by yourself. Right. And, and so, no, it's true. The more of a team that you have, people who are, are as bought in as you are, 
and the easier it is in a sense to the carry. The burden gets light. Yeah, it lighter. does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things I really wanted to talk about today was the statement that one of our friends made while we were in New York. Yeah. And he'd made it before when I, um, when I launched um, my, um, my collection in December and launched right. a new brand. Yeah. And, um, you know, I immediately had some wonderful feedback and then I had some hate. Well, <laughs> so much hate yeah. and so much wonderful feedback. Yeah. It felt pretty like evenly divided. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and one of the things that I noted that I did not respond to was, uh, and maybe this is a little bit um, because people don't hear me speak with an accent, they forget, but I'm, I am actually a Latino and I'm an immigrant. And I noticed you immigrated. You were not born in this country. I was not. No, I became an American citizen because like people, ten years ago. <laughs> people look at you and they go, "No, yeah." And then you were I, born here. I'm sorry for educating myself. You know, and wow, that's an interesting statement. Yeah, because I think a lot of times people diminish um, who you are as an outsider because they expect you to be a certain prototype of uh, of a person, wow. and that's a part of the racism that's out there. But I did notice that. M- Pretty much every single person who attacked me starting a luxury men's collection was white. Oh, here we go. And I didn't want to say anything at that time until my friend Arturo, who's Mexican, made the statement. And I told him, I said, hey, I I noticed a strange thing where I'm getting a lot of hate for creating a high-end men's uh, fashion brand. And he said, oh, no, you understand, bro. He said, as a Mexican, when I... Um, was creating high-end luxury apparel. I got so much hate saying, you're Mexican. He goes, I even got hate from Mexicans. He goes, you're saying, you're leaving us behind. You're letting us down. You're not making it accessible charging to us. Charging too much. You're charging too much. What about us? That happened in the Uber, huh? Yeah. You yeah. guys were talking about that in the yeah. Uber. Okay. But he also had mentioned it last December, just a month ago. And 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 it really struck me, th- this question, and that's the question I really wanted to almost like talk about a little bit, Right. is that... Cultures are different, you know, yeah. and, and because Mosaic has been so diverse for so many decades, and I've lived in an incredibly diverse world. Yeah. And I've talked to, like, a lot of my friends who are Asian will tell me, you know, my, my family has always driven me to success. I mean, it drove me to become a dentist or a doctor or whatever right. it may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and a leader in whatever field they, they've chosen. Yeah, yeah. And, and at the same time, high loyalty to family. Right, right, right. And, and one of the things I noticed more in like American, like Caucasian culture yeah. is uh, maybe a less commitment to staying close to your family, but more like pursuing your dreams, you know, going after yeah. your dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in the Latin culture, and at least the, the Latin culture that um, I've been so uh, aware of for all my life, Latins tend to say, stay close to family at the cost of your success right. or even the cost of your yeah. dreams. You have to choose family first, and so you stay close to home. Yeah. And, and one of the, I think one of the unique things that my mom did was she left El Salvador and came to try to create a new life, a new world for um, us as kids and everything. And, and, and yet I still feel that pressure. Like I always felt that pressure when am I, you know, is your family, yeah, you, you know, yeah, as opposed yeah. to maybe um, your, 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 your calling, your career, your success, your dreams, whatever it may be. Yeah. And, and I just wondered how many of us are actually in a culture without realizing it that says you need to settle for less so that you can belong? Or are we in a culture that says you need to aspire to be the highest version of yourself 
to do the most good, to accomplish, even to be, uh, um, to uh, achieve your greatest success. There is like, there is such a conflict in, in calling in the Latin mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And in so many worlds, mm-hmm. because I'm sure there's so many, in every culture, I think everyone, people feel it, right? Mm-hmm. This like this loyalty to home to then also like this loyalty to yourself and what you believe you can achieve and what you can do and, 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 you know, and also to fail, like the freedom to fail. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so many cultures, so many family systems, they don't have the freedom because, you know, you got one shot at this to be successful and we, Mm -hmm. and you got to do it and you got to bring the family up and you got to rise the family up and you got to create generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've felt this before. Where I felt when I moved to New York, I felt so conflicted. It's like I, I felt like I was betraying my family, betraying my best friend, you know, my sister. I was leaving her to fend for herself. Like, no, everyone was perfectly fine. Everyone was perfectly fine. Me, like, adventuring and 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 pursuing something and learning something and taking time to to do something for me, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, and I came back, and things were probably less easy when I came back. <laughs> I made things far more complicated. But I do think, how does one identify the circle that they're in, the culture that they're in, the community that they're in, mm-hmm. and honor it and still break free of it mm-hmm. or rise above it? Mm-hmm. Or if, are there certain situations that people need to go like, like a lot of friends that of ours are Kiwis and Australians, mm-hmm. New sure. Zealanders and Australians. And they had to deal with the the the, the tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm. But if you like, like we get a lot of hate, but there, but because maybe we're like a bit on a platform that people, mm-hmm. you know, like people know about our family or, or church or businesses, and so we get criticized for everything that we launch. It felt like there was a season where we're just everything that we launched, and we were launching two more things this year, and you're gonna criticize us, I'm sure. But you're gonna also want it. And you're always gonna, you're always still gonna want it, and you're gonna sign up for it. But um, but like in Australia, New Zealand, that's they do that to like the common folk. Yeah. Who are you to think you should start a successful business, and why should it be successful? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's crazy, like an entire society of that. Yes, I, and Lawrence Harrison from Harvard University um, did oh, so much research in Harvard. economics, and uh, when he wrote "Who Prospers" and and underdevelopment is the state of the mind, and and talked about, a lot about how culture has a lot to do with economic development. And, I, I, and it's funny, I have these cousins, uh, I think there's four girls, they're all medical doctors. Was this the book you had me read? Uh, it's year? one of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have four cousins, they're all girls, they're all medical doctors. Um, their parents are attorney and they, uh, an attorney and they also ran uh, a college. And, and so the culture of that part of my family and my family as a whole was very much a, you strive to achieve everything you can. You, you have a stewardship of your intelligence and the resources available to you, and um, average and mediocrity is not acceptable. Right. And yet I think it's interesting, they pretty much all moved from El Salvador at one point and now live in Tennessee. They all moved to a little town outside of Nashville. They all, have, I guess, like have farms. And so they were able to maintain the sense of Latin family, community, yeah. you know, yeah. familia, and, and yet they all achieved this incredibly yeah. high level yeah. of competency. And... And and I am convinced their family culture is what allowed that to happen. Right. And and I, I wonder, um, one, if there's a cultural shift to, that has taken place, certainly in America, where instead of like celebrating and applauding people to elevate, we actually almost castigate and um, and demean people who are trying to break barriers. Yeah. Let, let me give you like a... Wait, a, so you didn't answer yeah. any of my questions. Okay, so... How okay. do you identify if you are in a community 
whether they're mm-hmm. uplifting you or confining you. If they give excuses for your failure and for your lack of ambition. So give me an example. It's okay. You're doing the best you can. Uh, but you would say that to me sometimes. Yeah, right in between. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would do that. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. get back in the game, right? You, you know, because I'm always telling you that God has placed things in you yeah. that um, you have a stewardship for. Well, there, I think there was yeah. a difference. You would yeah. you would console me in my failures yeah, and also like posture me to go and fail again. Yes. You know what I mean? Whereas versus you're saying someone going, it's okay. Like you're, you're good here. You're good where you are. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do anything else. You tried. You can come back and be yeah. safe. I think actually one of the things you can look at is is like the mirroring approach and asking yourself, um, are the five closest people to you people who have a drive to make a difference in the world and are, or are they people who are satisfied and with, um, right. you know, whatever life quote brings to them? Right. Uh, you, you do find an interesting thing. Um, the the people you surround yourself with are a reflection of who you not only are, but who you will become. And that's one of the great advantages of, let's say, uh, of a university education. When you go to a university and you're around people who are driven and ambitious and and are you know self-educated in that sense, um, you start ha- taking on those drives and ambitions. You, um, the reason all my cousins could become doctors is once you have one person in your system that achieves something, it becomes... Expected. Achievable. It's achievable. Right. You know, and so there's there are a lot of us, and I, I'm going to say a lot of us like Latinos who um, never saw someone break through in a particular area. Right. And and so it never even occurs to us it can be us. And where this really hit me is I remember speaking at these really prestigious events, and and I wasn't for one second thinking to myself, wow, I'm the first Latino to ever speak on this platform. Yeah. Um, let's say even like the leadership summit. Yeah. You know, the yeah, global yeah. leadership summit. I'm pretty sure I'm the first Latino in their history that ever spoke at the summit. And they probably didn't even know you were Latino. No, they didn't. They thought you were Irish. Yeah, and and and, and I would have Latino leaders come up to me, I mean, weeping, saying, yeah. you don't understand yeah. what this means to us. Like, you, you give us hope that one day we can be on this platform or one day we can have our own platform. And I began to realize that I was breaking a barrier for so many people that felt that barrier was impossible to break. Right. And and it's this, and honestly, it's it's so important. Everything I do, I feel like everything I do, needs to be world class, because if I let the ceiling be low, I'm not creating space for people to elevate in their own lives. And we were having this conversation in New, in New York because we were in Brooklyn, and it was funny because we've only really spent time in the city. And then we stayed in Brooklyn. We were working in Brooklyn. And shout out to storytellers and creators and mm-hmm. all the team there. Um, amazing people. Uh, like rarely do you get to like sit and like cut the pattern or stand and cut the pattern with with the guy who's cutting the pattern, mm-hmm. Jay, or sit and sew with Natalia and 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 concept and develop concepts with Huli and Jessica mm-hmm. and and DJ for Animals, The Rocket and Arturo and the whole team and mm-hmm. Raza and these people. Rarely do you get to be in a factory like that. Most of the time, there's this top line from the leaders down where you only speak to the top person because that's where you connect and you don't mm-hmm. actually have any relationship with anyone who's mm-hmm. developing the things that you're building. What I like about this space, because we were we were in we were there working with the, with these amazing people. They're all Latin, well, they're all Latin except for 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 the one guy you didn't get to meet. <laughs> a couple of the guys you you met, and 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 we were in this space. We were having this this conversation about like we get criticized and compared to the to the best. Oh, you think you're the best? Oh, you think you're these people? You're not Jerry. You're not 
you're not rude. You're not why so you're not Gucci. You're but not you have Greg, Gu- you yeah. have Gucci. <laughs> you have not Greg. And we're like, well, we didn't put ourselves in those conversations. But now that you're comparing us, we I guess we've got a lot to live up to. That's so right. We, so when we I went in to design <laughs> my next uh, collection, I'm going. I'm being compared to the very best in the world. So that's what they're going to get. So that's what they're going to get. So we're buying fabrics, <laughs> and we were sitting with, with, with George and buying fabrics in this incredible space. With We're looking through the top suiting fabrics, the, the most luxurious cashmeres, and we're going to make some stuff from the best in the world. Like, like you won't even – like, the next stuff is so insane. It leaves it – leaves, like, I'm proud of what we did, but the next thing is more incredible. And and we were talking about this. Like we, we have we owe it to our culture. We owe it to our heritage. We owe it to the, every person who's Latin. Every person who, who who is taking a risk to do the absolute best that we can. And if we fail doing it, we're gonna fail doing it at the highest quality. And we're not gonna fail because we're still committed to it. We're committed right. to this. And and when you look at it as a generational strategy, we're not gonna fail because there are going to be so many. Latinos and ethnic minorities and uh, outsiders who are going to go, hey, they risked everything to do this and they paid yeah. away for us. Yeah. And, um, and I, can, I cannot tell you how many times in my life um, my salary was reduced when they found out I was an immigrant. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times in my life my job title was, was being changed yeah. uh, because they, I was over an entire division and they realized, oh, wait a minute, you're not, you're not a white person, so you can't be over the white people. You can only be over the Latinos. And, and then I would have all the Latinos who knew me go, why won't you be the Latino guy? And I'm going... You weren't Latin enough for the Latinos. Yeah, but they wanted me to only be for them. And I said, no, this is how the culture holds you back. Yeah. If, if only white people can be over everyone, but Latinos can only be over Latinos, and Asians can only be over Asians, and, and a black American can only be over the, the black leaders, you've actually submitted to this limiting framework Right. And there is a reason why we've never had a Latin American president or a Latin American vice president. And it's because we've allowed those limiting constructs yeah. to define us. Yeah, because you're, the only, you're only the Latinx representative or the Latino or Latina representative. And That's right. Becomes, you're not the represent, representative for all people. Yeah. And I think this is something interesting for us because like growing up, culturally, I only resonated with like the white side. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't understand, because because well, one, we didn't grow up with a lot of relatives around, and everyone was so educated, no one had accents, mm-hmm. and so it was. I didn't know, like I was only Latin when we went to El Salvador, and I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> we're really Latin, we're actually Latin, and and it it, it shifted things for me when I was young, going to, to to El Salvador, being like, oh whoa, like this is not like North Carolina where mom's from, no. And this is, this is half of who I am. And that's why it was so important to me to, for you to sleep in the very same bed that, that I slept in yeah. when I was. It was uncomfortable, <laughs> man. It was it, uncomfortable. Like 50-year-old bed. problems. But interestingly, uh, politically, it, there are implications. We're going to wrap this up. Yeah, but so let you, me this just is your say last this. statement. This is our last statement. Because even like the conversations about um, generational wealth and the, uh, the, the taxes that allow or disallow generational wealth, what's funny is that the conversations that end all that, I'm going, wait a minute, you just had... 200 years where you were allowed to pass generational wealth, white person, the white person, the white person. Right. And now that we have the first black millionaires and billionaires. Increasing. And, yeah. and, Each and, year. and the emergence of the first Latin millionaires and billionaires, you're going to change yeah. all the laws about the right to pass on generational wealth. I'm going, do we not realize as ethnic minorities that, that 
um, this is not working in our favor because um, what works in our favor is allowing us to create everything we're capable of creating. And I want the same advantages that Everyone else had. That, that white, I'm gonna say, not everyone. That white people had 50 years ago. I'm going to say I want those advantages for my generation and for um, the generations to come as well. Well, this is this is also important. <laughs> I don't want to get too political, but it's also why it's important that that we don't shift to a socialist society. That we stay. That that, that why capitalism is important. You know, no, 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 it no, is. No, 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 it is. This is why capitalism <laughs> is not, important. I don't want to no. go there. <laughs> Where do you, no, because no, because I think they get they, and they. I think I think political. Agenda is to get minority communities to become more socialist. But yes, what that ends true. up happening is that we limit we we start voting in the same legislation that limits our cultures that we buy into this. No, we need to equally spread it. It's like no, no, no. You need to go and achieve. You need yes. to go and be successful. I do and not then, want a society where everyone is equal at the bottom. I want right. a society where everyone has an equal opportunity to, to raise the ceiling yes. and rise up. Yes. yes. And so, and with that, which is interesting, talking about people who change rules, all of a sudden, everything that's going on with the stock market is so interesting. We don't know a lot about the stock market. We're not leaders in this I conversation. I wish I could talk about We've GameStop to figure it intelligence. Out. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have Air Groy call me later. But we were in New York, like, deep, like, head down working on this stuff. So, And then we were getting, like, DMs and, and texts and, like, blown up. And then, like, last night on our family chat, the, the big five <laughs> with a bunch of, like, um, safari animals. <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, Mariah's like, what the heck is happening with the stocks? Like, what is yeah. going on? And, and then we were, like, looking it up, and I had the news on last night to, to, just trying to figure it out. It is crazy how Wall Street and the people who, like, regulate the Robin Hood app and Wall Street mm-hmm. shifting the rules so the little people can't make protecting some money. Protecting the rich. Protecting the rich. Ro- it's ironic. Robin Hood. Robin, Robin Hood. the Hood. <laughs> Robin the Hood. Yeah. And boy, I want to see the dismantling of that. See, I, 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 I think we have to find a way to, um, to allow everyone to create wealth and not to protect the people who already have it only. And yeah. that's, that's part dynamic. And to me, that's the point of this podcast. Make sure you're surrounded by a culture, by people who challenge you to be the best version of yourself, that don't allow you to feel compl- no, complacent and, and, uh, and settled with, and comfortable with just existing. And achieve. And, and achieve. Yeah. And, that, and, yeah, because... No, you got you have something else. We got, we're going to end this in two and a half minutes because we said these going to be bite sized. No, you're the you're, one that went on. <laughs> no, I know because now we're like firing. I'm fine if we keep going, but I do think this is something that's really like really because we've been talking about like minority mm-hmm. and our and our culture being Latin. But what I do love about the society, like society now, is like Barack Obama was a huge hero of mine. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, your heroes don't have to be um, like strictly your. Your your culture and your race and yeah. your heritage. No, you know you know what I mean. Like I do love that we live in a in a society where you can have heroes that are different than what you look like. Yeah, and and I think like I think having a, a black president opened it up for the Latin community, going yeah. like, hey, do you like? He did it. Mm-hmm. We can do it. You know That's what I mean? Like every it, time it, the glass ceiling is broken, it's important. Every time you break a pattern, it shifts for yeah. all cultures. You got to tell your story. Yeah. And it, that for me, that doesn't even matter if it's to the right or left. Every right. time yes. our culture breaks through, yes. it's a good thing. Every time. And, but I'm going to say this just straight out. You know, um, I refuse to be a part of any conversation that 
demands me to be less. Mm. And uh, you, you can say whatever you want, but uh, I'm going to surround myself with people who have bigger dreams than me, who have greater ambitions than me. I, I want to keep putting myself in the room where I'm the least and successful, effective, insightful. I want to keep elevating who I am. And if uh, you know, the best way to feel big is to stay in a small room. Oof. And, uh, well, and no, 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 just you, let it, let it. The best way to feel big is to stay in a small room. I want to keep entering into a room where I feel small until I learn how to get bigger and bigger and bigger in that room. Sometimes I just want like a little life rat, like life vest though. <laughs> like take me back to the small room. <laughs> <laughs> Pop that thing. Well, so I that say we're going to call this one, get in the big but, room. But get, I was, get in the big boy's room. <laughs> I want to say this really quick, though, because yeah. I don't want to leave white people out of this conversation because I think white people get, feel like they get left out of the conversation. It's like bad to be white now. Mom broke her pattern. Mom yes. broke a pattern. She's as white as a ghost. And, and that's right. That little Irish girl came out of poverty. Poverty. Lived in the government projects. Left starving. Abandoned as a kid. Lived as a foster child for 10 years. Yes. And Came from nothing, yeah. walked herself across to a church, gave her life to Jesus, decided she was going to go get a full ride at a university, went to a university, got yep. a master's degree. One of the smartest people I know. Yes. And it's so unfair. And I want to say that when we start using just the color of our skin to yes. to dictate the stories that are our lives. Yeah. And, and I just want to say this to everyone. I don't care if you're, you're, you're black or Latino or Asian or Caucasian or whatever you may be. What I'm saying to you is, is there is more in you than you know. Surround yourself with people who challenge you and call you to greatness. Don't settle for less. And, uh, and, and don't let those who need you to be less so that they can be less to establish or define who you are. And with that, we are going to wrap this episode up. That was incredible, incredibly poignant. Mm. All right. Okay. Ready for Thank the you. battle. Battle ready. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We are really appreciative for you, and we are so grateful. Um, thank you for supporting. You can support this podcast on Anchor. It supports this podcast. You can give nine nine cents. You can give four ninety nine. You can give ninety nine and nine nine ninety nine. You can give nine 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 dot nine nine two if you want. <laughs> we don't have a system for that. We are launching something soon. People have been asking how can they support this podcast more. We are launching something soon. Content. More content, so much stuff. So stay listening. Get ready. Here you can go. rate this podcast. Go rate this podcast. If you haven't, do it. I want one million rates on this podcast. Five stars. Be the people. People, are, <laughs> people, people, people who are negative talk louder than people who are positive. Get loud, positive people. Get up. Get loud. Let's go. Next episode coming soon. We're dropping this one today. Goodbye. Goodbye.